0: All right, we are live. Welcome. It is yours truly, Dr. Barry Perry, favorite board-certified internist, host of The Real Physician Reacts. Member, if you are overwhelmed by this healthcare system, feeling underappreciated by the healthcare system, you're just looking for a voice reason, you came to the right place. It is yours truly, Dr. Barry. This week, we are going to be talking about a term I saw pop up this week, which I like the term. I love it, right? It's one of those things where when, when my colleagues start getting real Real, uh, you know, uh, smart and intuitive with the terms and medical terms to kind of talk about diseases that will get people to kind of say, what is that? Like, I'm all here for it. We're going to be talking about the triple demic or more importantly, the possibility of a triple demic. What is it? Should we be worried? And is this something that's coming down the pipe? Now, if this is your first time catching this series, this is where I get on here. And I give my personal opinion on something that comes across my timeline. And once I started seeing the articles pop up and I started seeing my colleagues start talking about it, I knew this was something that was really about to get the ball rolling. But I want, before we start, I want us to remember to, especially if you're watching this on my YouTube, make sure you are subscribed, make sure you hit that notification bell so you're always aware of what's going on. If you're seeing this on any other of my social media platforms, go to WatchDrBerry.com. Go to subscribe to the YouTube page and then come back and wherever you're at. Right. In fact, do that after watching this. So let's talk about what is a triple demic. Is Dr. Barry worried about a triple demic? What you should know about a triple demic, especially as the winter season approaches. So I've been talking about this aspect that I've been telling anyone who wants to hear. It. I've said this here on the either podcast or the Medicine Monday series that this year. The flu is not going to be playing any games this year. And for those who may have forgotten what the flu is, before COVID, every year around this time frame, me and my colleagues would get on here telling everyone, get your flu shot, wear your mask, wash your hands, because the flu is a problem. Which I know sounds crazy now, sounds weird now, especially as we've gone over these past two years and COVID has really just took over in regards to respiratory diseases that we are worried about. But before COVID, it was always the flu. Interesting enough, before COVID, the same things we used to tell people about the flu, people didn't do, unfortunately, until they had to do it, a.k.a. wear your mask, wash your hands, distance yourself accordingly. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But I've been saying that for the past two years, because COVID has really ran up the score and kind of, again, supplanted itself as the disease, respiratory disease, to be concerned about, a lot of people stop being concerned about the flu. And it happens. Like, let's think about monkeypox. Like, when's the last time you saw someone talk about monkeypox, right? Like, once the cameras are off of it, all of a sudden, the, the questions and the hype around it kind of died down. It's not like people aren't getting monkeypox. It's just the fact that cameras and people aren't writing about it anymore. So it it kind of just kind of falls to the wayside. So when I talk about how the flu has been kind of rearing its ugly head, we're seeing it definitely in a hospital setting. I remember there's a time where I was in a hospital admitting patient after patient, you know, COVID after COVID after COVID or pneumonia, and I was looking for the flu and I couldn't find any. And what we found is that because of the Measures including social distancing, including wearing your mask, no one was really getting the flu. Now, that ha- that was kind of a two-tailed, two-sided sword because because no one was getting flu. Guess what? No one was also was getting, right? They also weren't getting the flu shot because they figured, hey, what's the point of giving a flu shot if no one's getting the flu? So, that's gone on for about two years, right? For the past two years, we've had uh, a decrease in the number of vaccinations across all groups, especially in regards to the flu. Because, again, the fanfare, the TV, the writing, every the blogs, everything was all about COVID. So that's kind of where the energy has been. But now that we fast forward and for a lot of people, I've said this before, depending on your definition of pandemic, for a lot of people, the pandemic is over, getting over, about done. The masks have been ripped off. You know, people aren't wearing it anymore, anywhere. People aren't washing their hands. There's no social distancing and again, and I, you know, y'all already know me. I'm not a big got to wear your mask everywhere, especially if you're vaccinated and boosted. But unfortunately, we already know that a lot of people who aren't vaccinated and boosted are still are doing the same thing as well. So obviously protect yourself and, you know, act accordingly. So what's happened as we fast forward these past couple of years and now we have an issue where. COVID is still here, like people are still dying, three to four hundred people die daily from COVID right now as I speak. Now you have the flu that is coming around because, again, we're getting into the cold and flu season. Again, this, again, before COVID, before 2020, the flu used to be the big dog. It's not the big dog. It's like little brother right now. And now, again, and I'm an internist, meaning I typically deal with adult-related patients. So this is a disease that I don't really even be thinking about. Not that I don't think it's serious. It's just I don't deal with kids. So it's usually nothing that comes in my preview. But RSV. So we talking about this aspect of a triple demic, where COVID, the flu, and RSV is going to really run up the score and really stress the systems of the hospital setting. Now, again, again, I know people probably are going to be finding it tough to believe that flu used to be the thing that would cause a lot of stress in the hospital, that would fill up ICU beds, that would fill up hospitals, that would have people waiting in the ER for long periods of time for the flu. And then COVID came and COVID did its thing. So imagine a scenario where COVID is there, the flu is there, and RSV is there. Unfortunately, you don't even have to imagine that. Like, we're in the if you're spending, especially if you're watching this live or you're watching this, um, you know, in the year 2022, we're here right now. We're here dealing with RSV right now. We're here dealing with the flu right now. We're here dealing with COVID 19 right now. And because we are in the beginning settings of the COVID flu season, the fears that we have, especially for my colleagues. And those who work in the hospitals across the country is that this is going to be a problem because typically I would say typically when we're talking with our patients when we're dealing with flu patients, you know, we start seeing them around November December time frame. We're in October and they're here. They're here. They're filling up the beds, right? So I'm gonna play a video. I think off of CBS News. I'm gonna play a video um, from them just so you can guys again guys can kind of get a. You know, a little glimpse of like, oh, this is this is what the triple demic is. Then we'll kind of read an article from a New York Times, which I like their articles. They're pretty detailed. The only problem is. Is that they always require, uh, you know, you to be able to pay some money uh, to be able to watch it, which is always uh, annoying. So I try to I try to only, you know, look at or I try to reference the New York Times when I know it's a free article. Uh just so everyone can actually kind of experience uh what's going on. Let me um let me big up myself. Make sure you guys can see that.
1: Yep. In Northern Virginia, the respiratory virus known as RSV has made its way into four-year-old Nova Lewis's lungs. How are you feeling? Struggling to breathe with an existing heart condition, her mom rushed her to the ER this morning. Ornate. It's very troubling, because everyone's getting sick. And she just had COVID, with some of the first time. The medical director at the Innova Children's ER says they're in crisis mode. Three days of fever, cough, congestion. Overwhelmed, like many hospitals, with a dangerous viral triple demic. The start of the flu season, the ongoing COVID threat, And RSV, infecting large numbers of children who spent much of the pandemic isolated in virus-free bubbles. Already, this This children's ER has broken its yearly yearly record record for treating treating patients. We'll have 70 patients in the department at any one time in the evening. which is 21 beds. It's It's not not unique to to this hospital. Nationwide, 73% of pediatric inpatient inpatient beds are full right now. Here in Virginia, 76%. Many hospitals are now out of pediatric ER beds. Not only are there a lot of sick kids right now, there's no place for them to go. Meanwhile, the country country is still averaging 367 COVID COVID deaths per day, day, but but only 8.5% of Americans Americans have received updated COVID boosters to cover the latest variants. Today, President Biden received his new COVID booster while urging Americans to get both flu and COVID boosters by by Halloween. Halloween. Your old vaccine or your previous COVID infection will not give you maximum protection. They've now moved to an emergency operation status and they've added this tent outside because if the patient count continues to grow at this pace, they'll be forced to move triage outside. Thanks, watching.
0: So I wanted to, again, I think that was a nice glimpse of what to expect. Again, we're early. Early in the season and, like the video noted, seventy five percent of for the pediatrics related patients beds are full. Again, this is the warning sign that a lot of us have feared. we and we know the reasons why. again, I kind of mentioned it earlier. Um, social distancing is non-existent anymore. People are wearing them uh, aren't wearing masks anymore like they used to. Um, People aren't washing their hands like they used to. People aren't sanitizing their hands like they used to. People are traveling more. So there's lots of different, you know, culprits to it. And I think when you sprinkle on what COVID already is doing, has done, I think it's going to be a recipe for disaster, right? I I think it's going to be, you're going to see hospitals, you're gonna see ERs. You're gonna see news clips and media clips of people saying, "All right, I can't. I can't get in to see my doctor. I can't get into the ER. It's too full." Um, we're gonna see a rise in deaths from the flu. We're gonna see a rise in deaths from COVID. We're gonna see a rise in deaths uh, from RSV, and it's all gonna happen at the same time. And if people are. I saw a couple people asking, especially if um, you probably didn't catch. this been a while ago where I, where I, someone said like, Oh, well, uh, of course, all of them would all come at the same time. And it's just one of those things where, when you don't kind of understand how certain viruses work and why certain viruses, um, especially airborne related viruses tend to pick up during the, the winter timeframe. I always, I try to, I try to caveat especially for, you know, patients who are trying to understand it. like, imagine what happens during the winter season, during the winter season, you know, wherever you're at, especially in the United States, you know, you're typically we got we got a lot of holidays around that year, that uh, winter season. You know, traveling isn't occurring when it's cold. You know, people are a little bit more bunched up. They're a little closer together. We know that in uh, the colder weather, even the airborne viruses and uh, the, the way they kind of remain in the air remain longer. Right. So there's a lot of different factors that associate why, you know, we see these airborne viruses, especially the flu. Uh, definitely, especially COVID, um, and now definitely with RSV kind of pick up. Now it's going to be up to, you know, it's going to be a team effort. We're going to see calls for vaccinations. Again, if if you can't really read my shirt, um, but it says I'm vaccinated, right? Uh, But I still want you to stay away from me, right? Like we want people to get vaccinated, right? We're not going to stop getting, we're not going to stop telling people to get vaccinated, I am vaccinated with from COVID. I'm vaccinated from the uh, flu. I, I always get vaccinated from flu, just being in a hospital setting. Um, but it's because I know I, I'm, in, I'm going towards the burning building, right? When I tell people, like, yeah, I always get vaccinated. They always kind of look weird. But I, I tell them, hey, think about this. Like, if you heard that a firefighter was going into burning buildings and was refusing to wear protective equipment, you would look at that firefighter Like, all right, something might be wrong with this firefighter. So if I'm going into the burning buildings, aka I'm going into the hospital settings, the ALFs, the rehabs, the facilities where people are going to be more likely to be sick or more likely to have some type of immunoconversation, why wouldn't I not only protect myself but also protect my patient at hand? And when we talk about vaccinations, yes, I want people to be selfish and think about how can I protect myself, but understand that the biggest component, especially from a public health perspective associated with vaccinations, is that you are able to protect others. You are able to help reduce the transmission, uh, you know, to others. Like, that's always, you know, the goal. Like, how can I slow the spread so that, you know, I don't affect 20 people near me or five people near me, or I don't affect mom or dad or grandpa, grandpa, sister. Like, how do I make sure that, Like I either keep it uh, to myself or never get it. So I never have to worry about giving it to someone else. So I think we are going to really have to put our public health hats on. We're going to really have to start thinking about community as a whole, just like we did with COVID. Now, I'm not here to tell you that we should be going on a lockdown. Because first of all, that ain't happening. So I want to hear, I want to tell you stuff that will likely happen. More importantly, I want to. I want you to do things and talk about things that I think you'll likely follow. Like no one, majority of people, I don't say no one, majority of people aren't going to social distance anymore. The majority of people aren't going to be going under lockdown anymore. Majority of people are not going to do those things. So it, I'd be foolish to even suggest it. But what I can tell you is, hey, if you're going to be around people, right? You know, get you a cloth mask if you can. Right. If you're going to be around people and you don't want to wear a mask, hey, get vaccinated. Right. It's there's simple things that we can do to try to protect ourselves, but more importantly, protect others, because like I've been saying, COVID ain't going nowhere. In fact, you know, there's some there's some areas, especially in Europe uh, that are already seeing uprising cases There's new variants that are already starting to bubble up, which, again, we're not surprised by the new variants. We expect new variants to occur, but we're already seeing new variants starting to do their thing and cause a rise in cases. I'm already seeing flu cases when two two years ago at this time I saw no flu cases. I went through a whole cold and flu season in the hospital and didn't diagnose a single person with the flu. Like the flu was essentially non-existent for that time. But it is here, and it recognizes that a lot of us did not get vaccinated for these past two years, and it is ready to run shop. So, again, I don't want people who come down with some respiratory thing like, oh, that's COVID. I'm, I'm cool. COVID's, you know, COVID's weak. Because I'm hearing people talk about that. Like, COVID's weak, even though, again, 300 people are still dying from COVID every single day. 300-plus people die from COVID every single day, every day, like right now, 300 people die every day. If I told you there was a disease where three hundred people were dying every day, you would not call that weak. You would not call that weak. But you, if you want to tell yourself that it's weak, um, to convince yourself why you aren't following, you know the parameters that you know could get you better, protect yourself, and all by all means. I've, I've by all means. I've, I've I've talked about this once we got vaccinations for kids. And, you know, unfortunately, we can't get immunocompromised. Like, I saw a lot of my health uh, colleagues be like, well, you know what? My kids are my kids are available to get vaccinated. I'm okay if you still are in your stance, because there's still people now. There's still people now in 2022 who are arguing over the efficacy of the vaccine, COVID vaccine. There are people who still argue that now. Those are the people I tend not to have long conversations with. Cause I'm not like you're not standing on any type of foundation that would make sense for someone like me to go back and forth. Like it just, that just that just isn't it. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. I'm not gonna argue with you if you think in 2022 that there's still some you know conspiracy associated with the COVID vaccine or like yeah, just not gonna do it. But we have to when we're thinking about the COVID, it's there. But now we have to, like, again, let's add on the flu. And more importantly, especially for parents, caretakers, you know, if you got kids around, we have to, now the RSV, RSV is here. It's kicking butt right now. So I don't want you to, again, don't brush it off. Don't push it off. Yes, a lot of people are going to get it. A lot of people are going to have very mild symptoms. But unfortunately, because a lot of people get it, there's still going to be a good percentage of people who get it and have very severe symptoms and you don't want to be playing. I hope you don't, don't want to be playing that type of Russian roulette. Like with your family, like we've seen what happens with, we've seen what happened over these past two years where people played Russian roulette with COVID and you know, million, especially in this country, million plus people died, like families lost generations, literally lost because of COVID. Like that's, and because of what transpired from that, you're going to see more and more of my content creators talk about this aspect of triple, trip, triple demic. Like I said, I love the word, uh, triple demic. You're going to see more of my content creators, um, hark on the importance of getting vaccinated, uh, protecting yourself, recognizing the signs and symptoms. Um, on my medicine Monday show, I'm actually gonna get a pediatrician to come on the show to talk about RSV and what we should be worried about, concerned about, especially for uh, my parents who watch, um, who watch or even listen uh, you know to the series. So again, I'm gonna get out of here. It is yours truly, Dr. Barry. Protect yourself. Let's get prepared. Understand that yes, it's coming down the pipe. We're not, we can't hide from it. The flu is coming. RSV is coming. In fact, it's already here. COVID already here, but it can get worse, right? Protect yourself, protect your family members so you can actually have a good holidays, you know, and you know, be able to kind of prosper for the next year, right? So I'm your truly Dr. Barry Pierre, and I'm gonna see you guys next week.